in the show, we're talking about breaking down boredom. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney, I'm your host, and I'm joined with my host, Trevor. And today on the show, we're talking about breaking down boredom. Yeah, and boredom's kind of a double-edged sword. It's this thing that has, uh, I've dreamt about uh, being in a place where I could actually be bored. You know, when you're raising a young family or you're you're working a, a busy career, you dream about a, a time when you could be bored. And for a lot of people, this dream has come true <laughs> and it's turned into a bit of a nightmare. So we're going to kind of talk through how to sort of deal with boredom in a in a productive way, if, if you can actually put boredom and productive in the same sentence. So to open that conversation, I just, I, just to bring in the definition of bored, it's, a, it's an adjective and it's a feeling of being wary because one is unoccupied or lacks interest in one's current activity. So zeroing in on one's current activity, you may mention to the circumstances that we have all been thrown into and that is kind of a collective activity that we're all undertaking. So this is this is a kind of a, a global reaching phenomenon that we're all experiencing. Not all of us, but uh, but some are experiencing. So my my kids entertained this idea, all three of them did, about taking this gap year between high school and post-secondary education, like college or university. And they kind of entertained this idea about how they could, it'd be a chance to sort of take a break and gather themselves and prepare themselves for the, the journey that is university or college. And I was never a fan of this. And it's, it was primarily because you spent, since you were born, you were, you, you spent your, your entire life from that point till you graduate high school learning. So you've been in this learning mindset, you've been constantly learning and you're building up this, this educational stamina to, to deal with the, all the, the crunch time and in dealing with constant learning and to, to stop at grade 12 and take a break from that. I, I, my fear was you'd lose a whole bunch of educational stamina and you, you would actually get used to boredom. It would become your new normal and you would, you would fill all those voids with unproductive things. And then all of a sudden university would come up and punch you right in the face. (laughs) If you can imagine that. And their first year of school in, in university or college would be really, it would be harder than what it have to be. And I think for a lot of people, we're in this, this, it's been imposed on us, but we're into this gap year or this gap time. We'll call it a gap month so far, but who knows what it turns into. And people are going to lose their working stamina, their ability to, to deal with, like, think of all the multitasking you do working and you, all the juggling you're doing and, and handling a whole bunch of things at once and, and keeping track of all these moving pieces. I don't care what your job is. That exists at some level. You're being pushed all the time. That, that's where productivity in the workplace comes from is by pe- people being pushed uncomfortable to, to a level of uncomfort. And you end up becoming uh, resourceful and, and finding ways to, to do things in, in, with less time. And you, you just become this, this resourceful machine. And, and my fear is, as a society, we're going to lose a lot of that. And don't think you can, okay, we keep saying when this crisis is over, it's not going to be turning the lights back on. Well, it's not going to be turning the lights back on for a whole bunch of reasons. One of them is this boredom is going to eat away at your productivity and you you will not be able to just 
show up to work and be the same productive person you were. Think of the last time you were off for a month. Like think of the last time you, you had a month straight off of work. Most people, two weeks is all you get, right? That's, that's, a, that's the longest time away from work. And think how hard it is to go back to work after two weeks. Now, one of the things is work kept happening while you were gone. So you, you, when you go back, you have to catch up. So you're, you're kind of, you're getting back. You've lost some of your stamina over the two weeks. Plus everybody else is going at top speed and you got to catch up. That won't have to happen. But, but your employer is going to want you to be productive. So I, I think boredom can be your enemy. And I, I just, it's so easy to let boredom overcome you, but I think it's dangerous. So on that note, we are going to dive into, during this episode, reasons why we experience boredom. Boredom's maybe potential negative impact. We'll discuss if that is in fact the case. And then to to kind of reach off what Trevor said, we're going to talk about how to avoid or get out of that boredom rut so that when you do head back to the workforce that you are hitting the ground running. So I want to circle back to how boredom is viewed and it's often viewed in a negative light. However, my question for you, Trevor, is is boredom, however, inherently bad or something that should be avoided? Well, you know, here's here's a, one of the problems with boredom. So when, whenever I've taken a vacation, particularly a two-week vacation, I haven't taken too many of those, but when I have, I end up coming up with all these projects and things I'm going to do while I'm on vacation. So just say I've, I've gone away for vacation, so I, I'm lying on a beach somewhere, and I'm, I'm thinking of all these things that, I'm going to, all these projects I'm going to take on around the house when I get back to work, like when my vacation's over, I'm going to do this. And I'm, and you end up having this incredible uh, optimism about all the things you could accomplish. And then when you get into work, you realize it kind of drains you. And when you, when you get home from work, you, you might take tackle a few projects, but you really don't have the mental capacity or the physical capacity to really dive into the things you dreamt about doing when you were on vacation. So I think it can be a negative thing in that if you're somebody who thinks about doing all these things when, and you you don't actually, my fear is you're going to, you might take on these projects now or you might start a really big project and be, then maybe this thing's over and you got to go back to work and then this big project never gets done. Whereas if you were in the normal work cycle, you would have taken this big project and broken it into small little pieces and went at it a little bit at a time rather than taking in this huge undertaking all at once. No, that's definitely true. And, and to your point, we I think we take on a different perspective when we are in that off-work mentality. Not that we view things through rose-colored lenses, but we definitely do have a different outlook and different perspective on our realities. Well, you know, this is there's an expression out there. I just wanted to be, I, this was in my mind earlier and I forgot about it. <laughs> and now it's back in my mind and I need to get it. Put it out there. So there's an expression and you know, everyone knows I love expressions. If you want something done, ask a busy person. That is an expression and it doesn't make sense on the surface, right? Why would you ask somebody who's really busy to do something for you or help you with something? They're already busy. Well, you should be asking the person who's sitting in their backyard drinking a beer to help you. But the, the, the busy person is in a very 
efficient, resourceful mindset. They haven't got time to to do, do something the hard way or do something the long way. Their mind is already wired to think, what's the easiest, most efficient way to do this? And that is is when when you're overcome with boredom and in this crisis a lot of people are you're going to you're going to think of how just say you're really bored and and you got to cut the grass you're going to think of the the most imaginative way to cut your grass it will take all day and if you let it cutting grass can take all day and i i think it, I, I just think boredom is really bad for society as a whole now that's an interesting perspective and and one that we I don't think have experienced as a whole world that that shift from having boredom be this widespread phenomenon affecting so many individuals. Can you put a positive spin on boredom? Like can you if you got something where you can say okay this is the upside of boredom? Well, th- that actually leads me to my next thought. And I'm going to save this for later, but I think it's pertinent now. It's, it's it's kind of the dynamic between what if we overcompensate for boredom and move from boredom to overloaded. And that I, I view as the overcompensation approach and that we we view ourselves negatively or we look down or frown upon the idea of boredom. So we kind of move to the opposite end of the spectrum. So my question for you to throw that back at you is, do you think boredom or a place of more, a more relaxed state is better than being overworked and overloaded, regardless if it's in your own backyard or home? Well, I think everyone needs a reset and that's why we have vacations. So I I think going, you know, nonstop, full speed, 365 days a year, that, that's not good for anybody. But I, I think extended boredom is we, we are, you hear about people who retire and they're miserable. And I think that is people who who didn't anticipate the, the boredom. I, I had a friend of mine reach out to me and tell me about, you know, make sure you're mentally prepared for retirement. And I thought, well, how do you, I'm going to just stop working. I mean, <laughs> and, and that's my mental preparation. And I have read books now on it since I've been given this little, I, this was about a year ago, I was given this little nugget of information. And I, I now understand that you, we, we as humans, for the most part are designed to be sort of, I'm going to say, uh, productive, resourceful, occupied we're not in fact a lot of if you think back when i was a teenager and i was bored i tended to find myself in some kind of trouble (laughs) like not not legal trouble but i would have i ended up me and my friends would have done something to annoy somebody or or cause problems for our neighborhood our community just in a nagging way like we would be making noise we'd be sort of inventing games that really were destructive in some manner. And that was boredom that, that caused that. So as adults, you your boredom can can lead to a, a slippery slope of of destructive self-destructive behaviors. Oh, for sure. And that is really the core of what we will go will go on to talk about in this episode. 
I, I want to bring up a kind of a key piece. And this might be a question that others may be asking themselves when it comes to the concept of boredom. But where is the fine line and the difference between boredom versus just being content? Well, that's a good point. So boredom is, I think when you start thinking of, when you stop thinking creatively or you stop thinking, I I, I love this term, I use it all the time. In life, I try to optimize everything. In fact, it, it almost to a fault, I try to optimize, like when I go grocery shopping, I try to optimize grocery shopping, doing it in the, fewest steps possible like like the, the <laughs> to get in and out as fast as possible it drives my wife crazy but i or if i do laundry i, I try to optimize the whole laundry process like and i, I think it's it, it comes from working and some some tasks do not need to be optimized and so i think this is an opportunity for people to to maybe reflect and reset and and not optimize everything in life. Some like you don't need to optimize reading a book. Sometimes reading a book really slow, you actually get things out of that book that you wouldn't have if you were trying to read it in a hurry. So that's an example where optimization is not your friend. So this is an opportunity for a lot of people to, if you're if if your mind works like mine and you tend to optimize things, this is a chance to just take not optimizing grocery shopping. For, well, actually, that's a bad example because you're supposed to get in and out of grocery stores as fast as you can. But laundry, not optimize house cleaning. Like just like I optimize washing my car. Like I do it incredibly fast and efficiently. Maybe I won't, you know. And I just want to say for all the listeners, just just for the record, me and Courtney, in the occupations we have, we're anything but uh, bored. We are working. Just the nature of our professions, we're both working harder than pre-pandemic days. Would you agree or you are? Yes, definitely. And, and I I am working like uh, crazy uh, hours. And, and so, but we are surrounded by people who are bored and it's kind of driving us a bit crazy hearing their, their, <laughs> their stories of boredom. But it, it, it we're realizing it's an issue for people. So we're not speaking from a position of boredom we're dreaming about being bored, that's for sure. But uh, I'm getting the the majority of the people out there are bored. I mean, you, it turns out you can only watch so much Netflix. Who, who knew, what? right? Who, who knew there was a cap to that? But I'm talking to people. This is I can't watch another minute of TV. I, I if I if I see another minute of TV, I'm going to scream. People are done with. Who knew? So, and I've talked to people who, who are bookworms and they said, you know, I can't read another word. I have read is all I can read. So we're realizing our dreams are becoming our nightmares in terms of, of having time available to us. And I, I think this is a, a good reset for society. You dreamed about having all this spare time. Now you have it and it's not what you thought it was. This is actually a good thing for people to realize this. You make such a great point with that. And you always say that you can't afford to make all the mistakes yourself. And in the same breath, you might not be able to experience all the same experiences as everyone else. But to, to your point, we're able to look around at our friends, our neighbors, our family, and and see examples of, of what boredom may look like in their own lives. And that brings up my next point that I wanted to talk to you about. And this is around the polarizing views 
of the current situation. I mean, there it's kind of three different scenarios. We have individuals who are still working um, from their workplace, individuals who may be working from home, and individuals who are not working at this time. And it's definitely the experiences of everyone is definitely um, very different. And I think it's, it goes back to that whole, you want what you can't have mentality. I mean, you were saying earlier, Trevor, you've always dreamed of a time when you could be bored. And I mean, that is coming soon for you with your retirement, but it's just that dynamic is, is very, it's interesting how, um, you, you crave something like you said so badly, but then you receive a ton of it and it's no longer as appealing as it once seemed. Well, to your point, not having, not being able to have what you want. So people, they've been given the time, but not the opportunity. And I think that's the frustration for a lot of people. They've been given the time off, but the restrictions limit what they can actually do with that, that free time. And that, that is a point of frustration for a lot of people that I've talked to is how unfair or how uh, frustrating that is to to have all this time but not be able to do like a home renovation because they can't get to the hardware store because the hardware store is not open and they're only doing pickup and there's a waiting list. And it, so, so this, this is problematic or people who want to enjoy sporting activities, but they can't, like, I mean, a lot of the recreational things are closed. So I can see where it, it's a point of frustration for people beyond like having the time, but not the opportunity. Definitely. And it speaks to the importance of self-imposed versus imposed opportunity. I mean, if if we chose exactly when we would like to have maybe a month off, we might feel differently, even given the current situation. So I think it speaks volumes to how much we can't undermine or undervalue the importance of that element. Yeah, you're right. This has been imposed upon us. So we we, we, we didn't get to choose the time. Like I, I would have clearly picked late May into early June <laughs> for this pandemic to hit, not uh, March and April, which the weather's been kind of, uh, where I live, it's been kind of crappy. We've had better Marches and Junes than this. So I would have clearly picked a May, May, May and June, not March and April. Definitely. I, same here. But I, yeah, so with, with that, I, I agree that, we it, it really it really shines light on the perspective of the situation and and how it has presented itself from in in that regards i do want to talk about something that i was kind of thinking about as as i was putting today's outline together and this is what i called the global shift of acceptance and i'm curious to hear what you think of this so I was I was thinking about how, and you kind of brought this up too when you were a child, how boredom was something that got you into trouble and boredom was once, or maybe still is, depending on your perspective, something that is frowned or was frowned upon, the, just that feeling or the experience of boredom and it was not readily embraced before the the beginning of this current crisis. And like you mentioned productivity as well. That has always been championed. I think that will still continue to be championed. But I think we are existing within a time where society is almost embracing normalizing boredom. I mean, there is, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you're on social media a lot, Trevor, but there's definitely a lot of social media trends around boredom and, and making the most of boredom. And there's this one I saw, actually, there's a ton of them like that, but it's, it's kind of... Um, 
at home bingo where you kind of check off all the things that you have done well at home. And so there's a lot of uh, social media around and, and even memes around the idea of boredom. I mean, we're at a new heights of digital consumption and the just the influx of digital streaming services as well. So I, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think because society has shifted into this um, united front of, of embracing boredom, and not because we want to, but because we have to, um, well, not embracing boredom per se, but embracing being at home with with limited opportunity, do you think it's be- going to become uh, a wider sa- accepted thing to, to be and do? Well, you know the people who... So- this is for introverts. This is a dream come true, right? They, they, extreme right. introverts. Well, welcome to my world. Uh, I, I hope you embrace it as much as you know that. So, for introverts, this is this is this is utopia. But think of the people who wear busy as a badge of honor. There's you, you must know somebody that that has that badge they wear. Oh, for sure. So they say, you know, what'd you do on the weekend? Oh, I was busy, right? And then the busy it was is the equivalent for those people of I'm important. And those people, I find that I, I know a few people like that, they are struggling the most. And they, they still, they were pretending they were busy for a while. It was almost comical to hear them talk about, you know, have you been, oh, we've been busy. <laughs> I'm thinking, doing what? You know, you're trapped in your home. But they were, you know, making stuff like sound busier than it really was. Like they were doing laundry and it, but those people have given up the badge of honor, the busy badge and they're, they're bored. Those people are struggling the most. And I, I'm not judging those people. They, that's just how their mind they're wired. That being busy is a good thing. And, and now they're not, but I, I, I'm probably, I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert. So I'm not struggling with this myself, but it, is it becoming accepted? I, I think for some people, it's it's a hard pill to swallow. Definitely. It, it Because if, if productivity and like you said, the busy batch has been something that they have probably worn their whole life, then when they're forced to slow down, I mean, it, 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 I can't imagine. I can't imagine how that must make those individuals who, who operate that way feel. Well, I think they're... Uh, so the people I know, and I know a few, and they, they really haven't come to grips with, uh, actually, I know one person who's actually, he, he, he's, he said he was busy, and I, 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 I called him out, and I said, really? Come on, come on, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Are you busy? And it turns out he's involved in a uh, making PPE, personal protective equipment. He's, he's involved in a project doing that, and he, he could not not be busy and he found a real honorable thing to be busy with and I I I called him out on it and I swallowed my 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 words because he he lit, he he's true to being busy like he was not going to stand by and not he, he stepped up he wasn't going to just be a passenger in this he's a driver so that out of all the people I know that were a, a busy badge of honor this individual uh he, he he stepped up and he's being busy. Uh, he he's busier now than uh, pre-pandemic. Like he's literally barely sleeping. He's so busy, and uh, I I'm my, my hack was off to him because he found that this opportunity didn't come to him. He went and found it. So these people who love being busy, I guess we're finding out who really really wants to wear that badge of honor and who was pretending. 
For sure. And I, I, that's the first that's absolutely admirable. And I think it does meant circle back to purpose. And I think that touches on the, the words of wisdom you received uh, about retirement and in also individuals who maybe do enjoy being busy is just having that sense of, of purpose. And maybe we're seeing how important that is because the role you fill at work, the, the role you fill as a parent, the role you fill in all the aspects of your life, all the different roles you fill are all with so much purpose. So it's, I think, it, I think we're seeing how much we value that. And I think it's going to be interesting to see after, um, after the lights start turning back on, maybe the, the, kind of collective shift in appreciation for the 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 roles that we do assume and and the purpose we have within those do you know what a lot of people are struggling you know what a lot of people are struggling with is the people that identify with what they do you know the if you say you know what do you do if somebody asked me what do i do i i I would say i i i'm a i create audio content i'm a podcaster First, I would say that because that, that's what I'm passionate about. And then if the conversation went on, I'd say, well, I'm also an accountant. <laughs> you know, just, just by, you know, by the way, I'm an accountant too. So the people that identify with what they do and that's been taken away from them, I think they're struggling the most. Yeah, no, that's, that's so true. We definitely have embodied what we do and what, what we take on in that job is a huge piece. So I, I agree with that. Would you identify with what you do and somebody like, is that your identity, what you do for a living? Yes, it is. And it's funny you mentioned that because I feel like I've, there's, there is, there is someone who spoke to that. I, I think, I think it might've been the minimalists who spoke to the fact that we tend to identify with our professional, like what we get paid to do. And, and I, I think it was Ryan who said, you know what, I'm a snowboarder and people are like, oh, you get paid to do that. He's like, no, that's just what I like to do. And I really admired that. I think that's a, that's very healthy perspective to take on. And if people are struggling with this, I would suggest you, you know, in the short term, it, it, just say you like reading in, in you make that your, your temporary identity. Or if you like listening to music, if you like uh, browsing the internet, I don't know, just if, if, if you like yard work, make that your temporary identity. If you're struggling with that, find a temporary identity to get you by. No, I think that is, that is sound, sound advice. So Trevor, we're going to move into the three kind of three overarching sections about boredom. We're going to talk about why we experience boredom boredom's negative effects or impacts and finish off the episode by talking about how to avoid or get out of the boredom rut. So these lists I threw together, I'm, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on the, the perspectives of, of these, these kind of three overarching areas. So the first, why we experience boredom. So number one, it's comfortable, easy, and habitual. And this one is a good way to describe this would be you will fill, if you have a task to do, like say it's reading the news, that's some people that's important. I love reading the news. You will, you will fill the void. You'll, you'll make the, the act of reading the news fill the void of time you have to do it in. And so in, in these circumstances, you could read the news till lunchtime and, and that will be, okay 
because you felt like you were doing something, but there's no way you need to read news till lunchtime. So this is, is, is sort of a sneaky way that boredom sneaks into your life. All of a sudden you need four hours every day to read the news. That's, that's unrealistic post pandemic, right? That that's not going to work, but this is where boredom can sneak into your life. You start to you know, I mentioned wash, I optimize it. Washing my car could take all afternoon. And that's, that's boredom that's causing that to happen. That's like pseudo productivity. You kind of just trick yourself into thinking you are accomplishing a lot of productive tasks. But no, I like that. Those are two great examples. The next way that we experience boredom is that we don't have strong enough goals or values. And, you know, when you're working and you've got a career and a family and stuff and, and, and then you, you don't, you don't tend to take on a lot of hobbies and you don't set a lot of real uh, tough goals because you've, you're, you've got a lot going on in your life. When, when your career is taken away from you temporarily, uh, boredom can show up in a hurry. And I because we don't know how long this thing's going to last, I don't. I don't suggest you fill your your life with real uh, onerous goals and 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 fill that void. I, I think you try to manage the boredom. No, I agree with that. And this point number two kind of extends into point number three. Um, and point number three is we don't have passions. But in in my in my worlds, I think that. Point number two about not having strong enough goals and values is is bigger than it's almost it's a little bit bigger than kind of the projects you maybe take on in that what you're doing to fill your time is are those activities supporting your overarching goals and values that you set in place way before your financial goals and values way before the pandemic hit. True. Yeah. Are your are you pursuing things that that are important to you? Yeah. And and things that are in line with those things that make you the individual you are and and in the lifestyle you want to ob- obtain or continue to uphold. Yeah, I would agree that that, that would um it, it would make what you're doing seem more important. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. Finally, the fourth reason why we experience boredom is that we maybe don't know how to avoid or combat boredom. You know, I want to circle back to number number three, the passion. And I, the reason I want to mention that one is if that was a hard one to put your finger on given the crisis we're in. And the reason I say that is you'll know you're pursuing your passion. So passion, a lot of people think you're pursuing your passion when it's unicorns and rainbows all day long, right? And it's just you're fun and then everything just goes your way. You know you're pursuing your passion is when it gets hard, when, when you hit an obstacle, you push through and you get to the other side. That's when you know you're, you're working at a passion. And under, these, under this crisis with, with all this time, you won't know, like if things, if you take on a new interest, you'll have nothing but time to devote to it. So, it might not get hard. You won't know if this is your passion. So it, it, the, the boredom can kind of mask something where you don't know if you're really into this because it hasn't got hard yet because you one of the limitations you won't have is a time crunch. 
No, that's that's a really, really good point to add in just because it is such an extraordinary circumstance and we may be looking through our reality with a different colored lens than the normal circumstances. And I want to circle back to the, uh, the final point. Um, we don't know how to avoid or combat boredom. Is, how, does, how does this stand in your mind? Well, it's hard to avoid this boredom because it's been imposed on a lot of people. But that friend of mine, he, he figured it out, right? He, he's, he's going to a cause that society needs. I mean, if you are, you know, one thing, I, when I retire one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to sign up for Habitat for Humanity because I, I really believe in in that pro, that program. I really believe in that cause. Now, it's hard to, to, to pursue something. How to avoid or combat boredom is it's really investing yourself in something bigger than you. That, that is how you overcome boredom. Be participating in something that is beyond yourself. And... It'll be rewarding, and it, it'll be meaningful. Like you'll 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 want to pursue it because you, you it's for a greater cause. And actually, if you don't have to look too far to find a way to participate and help this crisis we're in, there's a lot of opportunities out there. I know there's uh, a local pharmacy is looking for people to deliver uh, prescriptions for people who who can't get out. You know, a lot of senior or older people aren't supposed to be going out in public and if you could, del- there's so many opportunities. If, if you're in good health and you, you have the right protective equipment, I'm not suggesting people go out and put their, their health at risk, but there's got to be opportunities where you can invest in something bigger than you. I absolutely love that. That is so, so true. So I want to move on now to talking about boredom's negative impact. And there are five negative impacts that came to mind when I was thinking about boredom. And the first one is online and mindless spending. And I think there's Amazon carts all over the planet that are full. <laughs> there's Amazon oh, carts yeah. that, have, that are just full of things that people want to buy. Everyone's just shopping. And hopefully the cart's full. You haven't checked out yet and spent the money. But I think in a time of boredom, a lot of people, including myself, I'm guilty of this, you will see what is not there. You'll see what's missing in your life or you think is missing. You're going you're gonna to look at it and say, what don't I have that I need? Instead of looking at all the things that you do have. So you're gonna, you're gonna, all you're going to see is all the voids in your life, not all the things that are adding value. So I think, this is a real problem for a lot of people. I, I know a lot of people that, that are doing online retail therapy and they're blowing their brains out doing it. And even if you are not uh, working or at home or just even if you are still working, I know I fall, I fall victim to this every weekend, but because I'm inside um, socially distancing and just kind of contained within my home, I start looking around and noticing things that are wrong and things I want to fix. And to your point, things that I also want to buy. And I think I think it's because our whole perspective has shifted and we're kind of, we're, we're not really, we're, 
you you say this all the time, Trevor. You say that we always need to feel like we're solving problems. And I think when our problem base has shifted from maybe being exhausted by solving all the problems at work or or being able or solving the problems when we're out and about on the weekends, we're now looking around trying to invent problems, invent and solve problems within our own our own home and what we don't have, like you said, or what needs to be repaired or fixed. So I think that is very prevalent right now in that we are shifting perspective or maybe losing perspective on things that wouldn't have mattered pre-pandemic. The next way that boredom can have a negative impact is mindless consumption. And this is different than mindless spending. Mindless consumption is all of the plethora of streaming services and YouTube. Trevor, I'm looking at you with animal videos. Well, here's something. This happened to me and I'm not even bored yet because I'm still working. But this happened to me in my... I obviously have more spare time because I can't socialize with friends and I can't visit family. So... I, I'm somewhat a prisoner in my home, but not to the degree of somebody who's not working. But I, I've been <laughs> reading reviews and watching YouTube videos on these really expensive Bose headphones. You know the kind I mean? The That's over-ear dangerous. No, That's no, dangerous. I don't, even, I don't even know where this came from, but I, luckily I got someone <laughs> like my wife in my life to to re recenter my mindset. But... <laughs> I was watching some YouTube videos and you know, when you're watching YouTube, the commercial will play up front. And if yeah. you click on the commercial, it, it, it takes you to another video before you know it. I'm watching these in-depth reviews on Bose <laughs> headphones. And I'm thinking, I can't believe I haven't got a set of these already. <laughs> like, What's wrong with me? I, I, I can't believe I've, I've, I've been deprived this long. These things are like 500 bucks, right? <laughs> I've, I've actually <laughs> rationalized that $500 headphones. I'm not even, I, I don't listen to a lot of music. I don't even, I barely listen to music compared to podcasts. These are like noise canceling. Uh, I have watched so many YouTube videos on people breaking down the nuances of these Bose headphones. This is mindless consumption you know, at, at, its, at its peak. And my wife said, <laughs> she goes, what are, you, what are you watching? What are you reading? She's just curious, right? Just, and so I'm looking at these headphones and she goes, where did that come from? When, when did you all of a sudden need headphones? Like, and when were you going to listen to them? Like, what, what, why, what part of your life is not complete without $500 headphones? So I, I, have, I, I have fallen into this trap with this, the, the bit of spare time I've had. And luckily, I, I say it again, I, I got someone like my wife in my life to say, you know, step out of this make-believe world you live in. It's not that I can't afford them. It's just that I don't need them. Yeah, no, and you make a great point with the spare time. $500. (laughs) (laughs) Just for $500 for headphones. It's crazy. Yeah, and even, I mean, you are, you are an audio junkie, but that being said, yes, yes, that's, and, but you so easily got there too. And I mean, everyone listening to this today, me included, we have, I can guarantee we have all been in that space at least once, maybe, hopefully, hopefully not more than that, maybe every day, but it it really shines light on how, like you said, even though you are working, we do have more independent time to ourselves given the reduction of of socializing. So, I mean, the boredom can creep in in a single weekend by all means. So, 
definitely this point is 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 very is it's relevant very relevant and you know your if, point about seeing what if seeing seeing what's not what's not present or what what's missing i have never been so consumed by the lack of grass in my backyard than ever and, and i'm saying i gotta get some grass seed man because there there's bear patches out there I used to look at it and say, wow, that's grass I don't have to cut, <laughs> right? <laughs> Pre-pandemic, I would look at that as a plus and say, look at all that grass that doesn't need to be cut. Now I, I can't believe my, my lawn is so sparse. I, I'm caring about things that I normally wouldn't care about. Well, no word of a lie. I I picked up grass seed from from Home Depot through their like pickup service just because I am noticing the same problem too. So, I mean, yeah, that it's real. It is so real. Number three, the third way boredom's negative impact can creep in is through maybe the reduction in self-growth and learning that we might otherwise take on. And and by this, this also extends to the opportunities we take on for our physical body as well, maybe going to the gym. And these can result of one, because of limited opportunity due to the pandemic, or simply because our we only have so many hours in a day and we are using our time with point one and point two and therefore reducing the time to spend on things that we have lots of time for, maybe. Well, in theory, there should be a, a whole bunch of people learning new languages to speak and read and write or maybe learning to play a new instrument or learning how to read music. There should be a lot. There's obviously there's a lot of opportunity to, to grow. Those things are not expensive. I mean, there's a lot of online language courses you can take and a lot of YouTube videos on how to learn a new instrument. And there should be opportunity. Like this should be happening. And I've talked to a few people that said, Oh, I'm going to learn how to play the guitar or play the piano. And I, talk to the people with some regularity and I, I will inquire about how's that piano going. <laughs> and it's not right. The, I, I just got to finish this last show on this series of Netflix and then I'm going to hit that <laughs> piano really hard. I, I, so it's not, it's not happening. And it's, it's that it's, it's, you know what it is? It's the, there's no urgency. The urgency Ooh. is gone from, from our society. We, and this is going to be one of the fallouts of this pandemic when it, when, or if it ends is our sense of urgency will have, in some ways, it's good, but in most ways, in terms of a, being a product, a productive society, a sense of urgency is your friend. I mean, that that's what makes uh, us one of the wealthiest uh, societies in the world is 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 our our sense of urgency and our productivity, and those two things they go hand in hand, and I think the lack of urgency is is going to cost us in a big way. I, I love that perspective. I, I could not agree more with that. The fourth boredom, a, a fourth way that boredom has a negative impact on us as a whole is that we can really, it can really jeopardize our ability to achieve our goals and uphold our values. And I mentioned this earlier when we talked about why we experience boredom, but this plays out in a way, I believe, that how, how usually you mentioned, Trevor, that if we let it, life will just happen to us. Well, and unfortunately, I think we're in a situation where we, we are, we, through no fault of our own, we are letting life happen to us. I mean, there's so many restrictions on what you can and cannot do that life is just going to happen to us. 
I was a, 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 I went to the gym three or four days a week and, and I was getting into a very intense exercise program and I was enjoying it. Like I, I never thought I would, I was doing it. I had, I had been on this regime for about a year and a half and I was addicted to the gym and it was taken away from me. I, I, I was pers- really, as someone who's in their fifties, taking care of your health, I think is becomes more important than ever. And I feel that the, I, I'm trying to do it without a gym and it's, it is, it's hard. It's hard to get motivated. And I, I, so life is happening to me from my health standpoint. I, with the weather the way it is, I'm only getting exercise like I feel like one-tenth of the exercise I need. And that is, I'm finding, is very demoralizing. And and to take that one step further, I mean, I'm sure you are making the best of this situation and, and getting in physical exercise, like you said, and, and working out how and when mm. you can, but it's definitely... No, no, I'm not. not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I'm not. <laughs> well, in in theory. So so actually we'll take that. We'll run with that. So it is. I mean, maybe this obviously itself it's it's not it's it's imposed by outward circumstances, but I mean, pretend you had a goal of achieving a certain physique or a certain uh plateau in your fitness goals, that could definitely be jeopardizing and even if we take a look, I think at, at home, I mean, if we're prioritizing Netflix it, and, and maybe, maybe we're, we question why a certain financial goal or something else that we're not focusing on, we're not keeping in our, in our, in our, in our sight was, was not as important. Maybe time of work, it looks and feels great. And we decide that we're going to go down to part-time, which therefore pushes off our early financial independence goal. So, I mean, goals and values are allowed to shift and change, but they may be happening in a way that is not as expected. Do you know what the problem with this one is? Is I'm letting perfect get in the way of done. And that's why I'm not not pursuing my exercise exercise regimen at at all is because I had such a dialed-in program. I was at such a level of fitness that anything I do now would just, it, it would seem like I, I was given, like my, I wouldn't be able to achieve what I was achieving. So I've given up on it completely until the gyms reopen. So I, I had a, a very dialed in program that I was doing and it was, I was really seeing results. And now if I can't do that, I'm not going to do anything. That's the mindset I've adopted, which is terrible, but that's, that's, what, that's what's happened to me. But I mean, with the perceived temporariness of the situation, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of other individuals listening are, are kind of, that's resonating because the thought may be why develop a new thing when I will be resuming that old thing sooner rather than later. Well, you know, when you're 20 and you say you stop working out for six weeks, well, that muscle, it, it doesn't go anywhere. It just, it just rests. But when you're in your 50s and you stop exercising, that muscle leaves in a hurry. <laughs> it, 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 it leaves overnight. So getting exercise in the regime I was on, the muscle tone I had built up, it, I, I can see that it's, it's leaving. And, and so I should be motivated, but I'm not. 
No, that's it's it's a good point, and I like that that phrase that you used. It, it's it, it's it, it's really accurate for not just working out, but for for everything as well. Finally, and this one is my favorite in the list of boredom's negative impact. We've mentioned this throughout the episode, but it is more challenging to start back up. And we talked about stamina, but it, it's the start back up. The, the more the most challenging part is not going to be the physical part of getting back to your routine. It's going to be the mental space. Every uh, everyone is going to struggle with. Everyone will be overwhelmed with going back to work. And think of all the people that are collecting some some form of government assistance to stay home. And I mean, it, it, it's it's for the greater good. So I'm I'm not knocking it. But think of the people that who who I just say you really hated your job, and your employer said you have to go home. You can't come to work. And the government said, you know what? We'll pay you anyway. <laughs> that that's really what's happened for a lot of people. Well, all of a sudden. I don't have to go to a job I hate, but I'm still collecting some form of income. Now, when this thing's over, you're telling me I got to go back to the job I hate for the same amount of money? Like the, that, that is going to be a hard motivation to, to create for a lot of people. So I, I think this starting back up is going to be a real mental challenge for a lot of our, our society as a whole. Some people... They may be saying, well, I can't wait to get back to work. But when actually the bell rings and you got to go back, I'm going to say it's going to be harder than you think. And I don't think the weight of of that and, and what you spoke to is has really been brought into realization. So it definitely that will and not even just work, even just mentally getting back into the routine that once was pre pandemic, I think as a whole will be. It could be challenging. The final section we're going to talk about today is how to avoid altogether, or if you have felt yourself getting into that boredom rut, how to get out of it. So three overarching ways that when the looming temptation to give in to the idea that we are, that we're going to kind of just let boredom in arrives, there's three ways we can kind of push that temptation out and bring back that feeling of productivity or staying true to the goals and values we had set in place for ourselves prior. So the first is to reframe the boredom. What does your current circumstance present you with? And this could be time, energy, focus, um, anything like that. And I think if you can look at this as a, here's the problem with those. You don't know how long it's going to last, how much time, energy, or focus you're going to have. So trying to reframe this, I think you need to look at it. I'm going to say at a, a week at a time or a couple of weeks at a time. So reframe your boredom as I now have time, energy, and focus and look at it in two-week increments. What could I do with this time, energy, and focus for the next two weeks? And it, it, it might be lesson one of a piano, learning how to play piano, right? It, it, that, that If you really dove into that for two weeks and, and then it, if you only got two weeks into it and you had to go back to work, well, you're further ahead in the piano than you would have been had you not started. So it's really looking at, at in small increments of time. Because if you look at this infinitely, I think you, you're setting yourself up for, for disaster. 
Yeah, it's definitely an overwhelming approach to look at it as a a month or months at a time or a month at a time. So I do like that more bite-sized piece of of time. The second the second so after we can reframe after we reframe the boredom. So we don't look at it as boredom but as an opportunity. The second step that we can do is embrace that boredom. So when we feel the temptation of boredom coming to us, we can embrace that feeling and, and embrace maybe the the time, energy, and focus that we have realized by asking yourself what projects, tasks, or undertaking does your cir- current circumstance allow you to take on? So this is getting specific with the, with what you've got to work with, but I will will caution everybody that you probably don't have the. I, I, I would caution people not to commit too many financial resources to whatever you want to take on. So, because who knows where this is going to go or how long your money is going to have to last. So to overcome your boredom, find something that is not going to consume money. And it it could be junking out your garage. It could be painting. You know, painting is not terribly expensive. It could be cleaning up your yard. Uh, Things that involve a lot of elbow grease. Things that that's where you want to focus your spare time, your energy is is something that's not make sure or reading a book you want to learn a new something about history or some other topic invest into something but make sure it, it's not consuming a lot of money because this could be a, a very long painful financial crisis and finally the last step after we reframe embrace we're going to act on it and stay committed to keeping the boredom at bay and it this is where you have to have passion involved because just say you're learning piano. Well, piano, I've tried learning piano and it's hard and you, you have to push through. Now I have, I have successfully learned other musical instruments, just struggling with piano and I've given up on it a few times, but you'll know you're into a passion is if, if it gets hard and you continue on. So staying committed, it's really about, knowing you're passionate about something like, okay, a book is a good one. If you're reading a book and you hit a dry spell in the book where it's kind of boring, say, say it's, I, I like history. So say it's a book on history and you get into a, a section of the history where it's really laying down some groundwork for, for what was an exciting part that's coming up. Well, you might find it hard to get through a couple of chapters, but if you're really interested in the topic and it's something you're, you're passionate about, I, I'm very passionate about history. I know because I can push through uh, really long books and, and I know somebody else who read this book, I might've read a review and they said, Oh, it was, you know, I couldn't get past this, the fifth chapter. It was super boring. You're not passionate about that kind of history. So it, you will stay committed if, if you are truly passionate about something. So that brings us to the end of today's episode on breaking down boredom, where we broke down boredom. We talked about the global shift of acceptance of boredom and what that kind of looks like today at a societal level. We talked about the difference between boredom versus just being content and maybe overcompensating from, from moving from boredom to overloaded. We talked about when we experience boredom, boredom's negative impact, and finally, how to avoid or get out of a boredom rut. Everything we talked about today, our show notes will be in the show notes of this episode, so you can refer back to them and everything that we talked about during today's show. 
Thank you so much for being here with us today for another episode of Simple Money Solutions Podcast. And we can't wait to have you back here with us next week for a brand new show. Until then, keep it simple.